You're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Mid-level practitioners are an essential part of many of our practices. How can you develop a working relationship that benefits your practice and your patients? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is nurse practitioner Brian Decker. Welcome. Thank you. So, Brian, can you fill us in a bit about how and why you became a nurse practitioner? I worked for a number of years as a registered nurse graduating from Idaho State University in 1989. The varying areas in, in nursing that I worked, from med surge to psychiatric to addictions, I seemed to like being a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. And as I went through this process, I wondered what I could do that I could expand the role of what I did in healthcare and be able to do that particular thing, be able to kind of generalize and be more responsible for what's going on with patients that I took care of. During that process, I learned more about nurse practitioners. And in Idaho, I'm quite fortunate because it tends to be a nurse practitioner-friendly state, and they have a very good program at the university that I attended at Idaho State. And because of all of these issues, I decided I wanted to expand my role and went back to graduate school. How much education does it take after you're an RN to be a nurse practitioner? In order to get into a nurse practitioner program, you have to have a bachelor's degree, and then it's a two- to three-year graduate degree. So you graduate with a master's of science in nursing. Now, you had mentioned that um, in Idaho, it's very uh, nurse practitioner friendly. Thank goodness for that. But other states are not? It varies state by state. Some states, the nurse practitioners are governed by the Board of Medicine. Some states, they're governed by the Board of Education. In Idaho, we are governed uh, exclusively by the Board of Nursing. Uh, Now, we do have some administrative responsibility to the Board of Pharmacy for our our prescribing privileges. But other than that, we are governed by the regulations of the Board of Nursing. We have full prescriptive privileges in the the state of Idaho, within the scope of our knowledge and experience, obviously. Other states, they do not have full scheduled prescriptive authority And in some states, they have to prescribe based on protocols set up by a supervising physician. What are the benefits of having a mid-level practitioner like a nurse practitioner or perhaps a physician assistant enter a practice? When I graduated in 2003, I worked with a family practice physician. And the benefit that I saw for, for this particular physician was they had an experienced healthcare provider. I had 13 years of registered nursing experience prior to that. So I knew about healthcare. I knew the pharmacology quite well already, and I knew how how to function within the healthcare confines, I should say. I was able to very quickly assume a relatively independent role within the practice. So with this particular physician, he was able to have me care for individuals that had been in the practice for a long time, and based on his comfort level, he was able to let me just manage their care. So this opened up several different avenues for him. It extended his ability for his practice to provide care. In Idaho, it was helpful because there's not a supervisory requirement for a physician to have a delegation of services agreement with the nurse practitioner as they do with the physician assistants. So essentially, a physician can have three or four nurse practitioners, whereas they can only have a couple of physician assistants. So that can expand their ability to see many more, many more patients within their practice. And how do patients describe their relationship with you as opposed to perhaps a physician or a PA? The thing that I hear from patients is that they really just want to have the care done. If I were 
doing something for my patient that I didn't know what I was doing. For example, if they came in and told me they were having significant amounts of chest pain, palpitations, they were diaphoretic, and I said, well, I think I need to do open-heart surgery on you, that's obviously hyperbole, but they are comfortable with the provider as long as the provider knows what they're doing and explains their limitations. I find that that makes a really good relationship with my patients. They also understand that if I need to, I will refer to specialty, to someone who who has a more knowledge base in certain areas than I do. Are there benefits to seeing a nurse practitioner over a physician for some patients? You know, I'm really careful to, to say something like that because I think that any provider can develop a very strong and good relationship with their patients and can provide tremendous care. I think just as any profession, there are nurse practitioners that just don't develop a good relationship and maybe don't do as good a job as other nurse practitioners. So I think it, it's not a matter of, is this person a physician or, or a nurse practitioner? I think it's, it's their ability to provide the care. Physicians definitely have much more experience and, and education and, and knowledge to draw from. So if I need to have somebody that knows the definite specifics, about a particular disease, that's who I'm going to send my, my patients to. As you know, I have three nurse practitioners that work in our practice. And, and again, obviously, it, it varies from person to person. But I have found that, in general, um, nurse practitioners are much nicer. They're more patient. They spend more time with people. And I think their background as RNs, that they generally are in a better position to provide a full psychosocial range of treatment and not so narrowly focused as many of us physicians are on, on just sort of the allopathic traditional medicine. That's my personal opinion. And I would agree with that to the extent that nurse practitioners have the nursing background with that psychosocial piece. Because if I have a patient that comes into my office and they have a strep pharyngitis, you know, I would treat them with penicillin and send them on their way. But I also have to be aware of, are they going to take the medication? Do they have the money to buy the medication that I'm prescribing for them? Do they have the knowledge to understand that they need to take the whole course of the medication? So those are some of the psychosocial backgrounds that would come into play in just a, a, you know, a relatively common occurrence in a family practice. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Idaho Falls nurse practitioner Brian Decker. We are discussing incorporating nurse practitioners into your practice. Brian, given the experiences that you've had over the years, we as physicians can most successfully incorporate nurse practitioners into our practices. The issue that I have seen most often happen is nurse practitioners are viewed often as a commodity just as a new piece of equipment that can be built for a certain procedure. I think it's important to incorporate nurse practitioners with an understanding that they are experienced, that they they bring a wealth of knowledge and talent to what they do, and to treat them with the level of respect that that they have obtained through their education and experience. I have such a varied amount of experience with physicians on how they view nurse practitioners I tend to refer to physicians and specialists who have more of a collegial type response to me and and value my opinion on what I'm I'm doing as a nurse practitioner. I've seen that so many times where actually when I first started 
using nurse practitioners as part of our treatment modalities was, gosh, over 10 years ago now, and it was pretty rare. And my fellow physicians would ask me questions like, well, where do I get one of them? And I'd say, well, you just go down to the nurse practitioner store and pick yourself up one. I mean, just completely dehumanizing kinds of questions. And and even today, we still have problems in our referral patterns that if one of our nurse practitioners makes a referral, they need to speak to the doctor, even though I may have never seen the patient. And, and, you know, the nurse practitioner knows a heck of a lot more about what's going on than I do, but they want to talk to the doctor. The problems still persist. Well, and, and I do see that. Unfortunately, I, I have developed some good referral sources, and I, and I tend to refer to the same providers frequently. I did have a, a one, one instance where I was told they wouldn't accept a patient of mine because I was a nurse practitioner. So, you know, I obviously don't refer to them. And it's not that they're a bad provider. It's just they're they're losing some revenue that they could generate. Tell us, Brian, about your current practice situation. About a year and a quarter, about, well, so whether that be 15 months ago, I took the leap and, and opened my own practice. The reason that I did that, um, other than I, I kind of like the idea of being my own boss and making or breaking it on my own, I saw that there was a, a definite niche with individuals who have mental illness and being able to treat them in a family practice setting and giving them a comfortable, safe environment where they could receive uh, episodic care. It's been a very interesting process for many reasons, not just the money issues, but some of the third-party payer issues have come into play in, in opening my own practice. But I keep fairly busy and um, relatively happy doing what I'm doing right now. So you don't have a physician on site? I do not have a physician on site. I do have an agreement with one of the local family practice doctors who will do admissions for me to the hospital because the hospital does not provide admitting privileges to nurse practitioners without a physician on site that can uh, review their work. And for today, that's okay because I would prefer not to have to do rounds. And speaking with your nurse practitioner colleagues, any other problems that seem to come up on a regular basis with their relationships with physicians? Other than what we've, we've spoken about, there, there really aren't, aren't issues other than they uh, tend not to understand the scope of what a nurse practitioner does. Again, that varies state by state. In, in Idaho, where I practice, the scope of practice is defined as the provider's ability to demonstrate knowledge and competence in a particular area. So if I can provide uh, evidence that I have the education, the training, the competency evaluation for a particular disease state or treatment modality, then under the guidelines of the state of Idaho, I am able to do that. Well, I want to thank our guest today, Brian Decker. We have been discussing the role of the nurse practitioner. I'm Dr. Leslie Lent. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening. 